Time out when there's gaps in coverage. Every team needs a player that they can count on to help out. Aflac Supplemental Insurance can help close the gap between what health insurance covers and what it doesn't. When you're sick or injured, bills can rack up fast. Aflac pays cash that can be put towards medical expenses like co-pays or even non-medical expenses like groceries or rent. Get help with expenses that health insurance does not cover. Visit Affleck.com to learn more. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Ross Tucker, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. He works for CBS Westwood One. Part of the Eagles pregame yesterday. And uh, also on the call, Saturday, Connecticut played Army on CBS. And then he worked last night, Westwood One, the Ravens and the Chiefs. And I think he was at a high school game on Friday night. Did I get your itinerary correct there, Ross? You know what, Dan? Pretty good. Yeah, man. I drove up. I live in Pennsylvania. Drove up to West Point on Thursday. Obviously, I watched Washington and the Giants. As you know, production meetings all day Friday with the UConn and Army coaches and players. But yes, uh, I am an American citizen, Dan. It was a Friday night. So I got in my car and I drove until I found some lights. I actually went and saw (laughs) Army prep play. But that's what you should do in America on a Friday night. You should find lights and go. So I went and watched Army Prep play. I don't even know who they were playing <laughs> Friday night. Saturday did UConn Army. I drive home, Dan. I made my wife. I got home at 7.15 Saturday night just in time to watch the Penn State whiteout game. I made my wife stay up and watch the whole thing with me. Got up Sunday morning, Eagles pregame, watched the Eagles in the 1 o'clock games, Drive to Baltimore, 
do the Ravens Chiefs, got home at 2.30, went to bed at 3, got up at 7. Now I'm on the Dan Patrick Show. <laughs> we have mad respect for you. We do. Uh, let me ask you the poll question. The 2-0 team that won't make the playoffs. If I said uh, Broncos, Raiders, Panthers, Cardinals, got a pick? I'm going to go Cardinals. Uh, I, I would go Cardinals out of that bunch. Extremely fortunate to win that game yesterday. You know, Dan, I'm literally in the booth in Baltimore watching the Red Zone channel as the late games end. And I got to tell you, man, I know we've talked about it before. It just bothers me. I mean, at almost the exact same time, I watched Zerline make like a 56-yarder for the Cowboys to win. And Greg Joseph for the Vikings misses like a 35-yarder. And I feel bad for him. I mean, he's got to go in that locker room, mm. and there's over 100 men just looking at him. He let them all down. Then they go on the plane. Uh, it just uh, – it still rubs me the wrong way that one guy makes it, one guy misses it, and everything changes as a result. But to answer your question, I just still think Arizona's division is too difficult. You know, they've gotten off to a good start, but I don't think they're better than the Rams, the Seahawks – or the Niners necessarily. As far as the game last night with the Ravens and the Chiefs, when you looked at that first quarter, what were you thinking was going to happen with the Ravens and Chiefs? Well, I thought it could get ugly. And last night sort of surprised me in the sense that I thought you had to play almost flawless to beat the Chiefs, right? You know, I thought the margin for error was so small. But actually, you know, they throw a pick six in the first minute. And then on their, their third drive, they're running the ball all over the Chiefs. And for some reason, Greg Roman called three straight passes from the 24-yard line. Lamar throws another pick. That one was all on him. And I thought, man, especially when it was 35-24 after that catch and run by Kelsey. But if you follow me on social media, and I know you do, Dan, I knew the Ravens were going to win that game in the second half because they had crab cakes at halftime. I am a big believer that it starts with the press box food. You set the tone for the organization and the entire operation. And at halftime, when they brought out the crab cakes, check my social media, everybody, at Ross Tucker NFL, I literally said, I expect a huge <laughs> second half here from the Ravens, and they delivered. It started with the decision earlier in the week to do crab cakes at halftime. You're sleep-deprived. You are. <laughs> You, you are. Uh, is there a formula to beat the Chiefs? Well, so they did a couple things that they rarely do. And let's be honest, Dan. If Edwards Elaire doesn't fumble, they still win the game. Yeah. You know, Butker makes a chip shot field goal, and we're having a much different conversation today. So, you know, it's not like the Ravens clearly got the better of them. I think one thing that is notable, though, is you can run on them. Again, and I think that that is your best bet is to pound the Chiefs, try to keep Mahomes on the sideline as much as possible. It's not just a time of possession thing. You still need to get some chunk plays. You still need to score points. I almost look at it, Dan, like, and I'm not a big tennis guy, but when you play the Chiefs, it's like you got to hold serve, man. It's like you got to score when you get the ball because they are almost always going to. They so rarely get broken, except I think it might have been the last three or four drives that they got no points. That's the biggest shocker to me because it feels like Mahomes and the Chiefs always come through in those situations. I know with the Ravens not having uh, a star running back, 
I would just have an empty backfield and just say to the defense, Lamar's doing something here. Let, let You can't spy on him. And I, that would be my approach is let's just spread it out, maybe have another either blocker or wide receiver and have an empty backfield and just say to Lamar, go get him. You know, the only reason why I think they don't do that is because so many of his runs start with a fake to the running back and some type of misdirection. Now, they'll give it to the running back sometimes on those wide runs just to keep the defense honest, but you are a 1,000% right, Dan. When they're trying to get chunk yardage, when they really need it, he is not handing that ball off. I mean, he's faking it wide to the running back and he is coming downhill I gotta tell you you know as a former offensive lineman I love doing the army games on Saturday because I you know I love watching that offensive line play but I'm telling you you know my rookie year was 2001 the Ravens have the most creative and entertaining run game I've ever seen in the NFL I mean it is so fun to watch they're pulling guys one way running the other you know the fullback leading the double tight ends Greg Roman their offensive coordinator deserves a ton of credit because it is it is really exotic and fun we're talking to Ross Tucker host of the Ross Tucker football podcast also does work for CBS and Westwood one and part of the Eagles uh, pregame for WIP radio you believing in the Raiders I think you have to. I was stunned that they won that game yesterday. You know, after going Monday night game, that, you know, they had a valiant comeback in the fourth quarter and overtime, a late game Monday night goes to overtime to come to Pittsburgh against that defense. Now, they're fortunate Joe Hayden was out, Devin Bush was out, TJ Watt got hurt, but I don't care. And you know, Dan, I mean, I can't wait. I hope somebody does a like an MVP front runner article this week or that, that would be an awesome, like uh, radio segment. Who's in the lead for the MVP. You know, it, it's like every year somebody fights to see who can be the first one to start the, the MVP if it ended right now conversation. But I'm just saying it's Derek Carr. I mean, he has been awesome in the first two games against very good defenses, very good opponents in the Ravens and Steelers. He's been probably the most valuable player in the league so far. Okay, but the reason why I hate these MVP uh, conversations, because last week it was Jameis Winston. That's, (laughs) That's why we don't have these this early in the season. I know we love content. I know we love to have who's the MVP. You know, is it Tom Brady? Is it Derek Carr? week to week that's that's why we we had it Jameis Winston week one and then week two you want to give it to Derek Carr great give it to Derek Carr (laughs) and then let's see what happens in week three here Uh, I did want to ask you about the Cowboys Um, what stood out from from uh, Dallas's win in Los Angeles two things number one and I said I tweeted this yesterday Dan I feel like we need to acknowledge the fact it's been two years now When you watch a Cowboys game, Tony Pollard just has more juice than Zeke. I I agree. That's why I wouldn't have re-signed Zeke. I mean, Dan, Zeke is better as a pass blocker. But come on, dude. We're not paying guys like fifteen million a year. I'm not paying him to be a. If I'm paying him to be a pass blocker, that is money not well spent. Zach Martin is a guy that you pay to protect. Yeah, so Tony Pollard, uh, I mean, Zeke will probably be gone after this year. They can't keep paying him. The other thing that stood out to me, 
You know, where I live here in, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, I saw Micah Parsons, Dan, play his third high school game ever as a freshman, and he had like five sacks. And I texted <laughs> the guys I know at Penn State, and I was like, this freshman DN at Central Dolphin High School is maybe the best I've ever seen. They offered him a scholarship, Dan, after his fourth game. Think about this, though, okay? <laughs> he played linebacker at Penn State. Last week, Demarcus Lawrence broke his foot on Wednesday. They moved Micah Parsons to D-end for the first time since high school on Thursday. He had a sack. He had eight pressures, the most by a rookie since Nick Bosa back in 2019. He hadn't played D-end since high school. There's no chance the Cowboys win that game. If he's not playing DN, my guess is they'll probably keep him there. Sure. And it's kind of funny because think about yesterday, Micah Parsons and Adafe Owe for the Ravens, both rookies, both from Penn State. And right now, they're the two fastest defensive ends in the entire NFL. And they're both rookies from Penn State. It's pretty wild. Is James Franklin going to be at Penn State next year? I think he is, yeah. I mean, there's a couple things there, right? So number one, are we sure USC wants him? Are, are we sure he's the guy? You know, the AD, and by the way, Dan, I love listening and watching because you seem to have better connections and sources for college football news than anybody else does out there. Yeah. But I, I just feel like, Dan, the AD for USC came from Cincinnati. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like, it feels like 95% of the time those guys end up hiring the guy they know and that would be Fickle. I was told oh. Fickle doesn't want to leave the Midwest. That's interesting. Uh, I Listen, here's what I would say. I think Penn State is a top 10 job in the country, and he's done an awesome job. He really has. I mean, Franklin done a terrific job. What they had Saturday night, that Auburn game, it's just incredible. But USC is a top five job because in California, you are the school and – there's more five-star recruits. And here's the other thing. Even in the Big Ten East, Dan, Penn State's third in terms of resources behind Ohio State and Michigan. And not only that, you're always going to be battling Ohio State just to win your division and your conference. Whereas if you go to USC, you are the perennial favorite to win the Pac-12 to go to the college football playoff, it really depends on what Franklin wants. If he wants to win championships, it's definitely an easier path at SC than there is at Penn State in the Big Ten East with Ohio State. I'll leave you with this. If the Packers lose tonight, oh, <laughs> do you want to finish that? Or is that your answer? Uh, I mean, that could be my answer, but I want to get <laughs> off quick. I know you have a big guest in, in Andrew McLovin Perloff coming on at some point. There. But no, in all sincerity, uh, they're not going to lose tonight. There's no way. But if they did, wow, we would be having much, much different conversations about what's going on in Green Bay. Mm. No matter what, no matter how they lose, I highly doubt that happens. Although I kind of was impressed by golf and the Lions in the second half against the Niners. Yeah. You know, Golf is too good of a quarterback, in my mind, Dan, for the Lions to be like a, a two-win team. Golf's a good – he's a professional. He's a, he's a solid quarterback. They're going to beat some people. I don't, I don't think it's the Packers tonight, though. Great to, great to see you. Get some sleep, okay? I will. I'm going right back to bed, man. That's Ross Tucker. 
He was uh, very busy this weekend, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. He was on the call Ravens Chiefs last night on Westwood One. He worked the Eagles pregame. He went to a high school game on Friday and then Saturday did color commentating for uh, Connecticut against Army on CBS Sports. He's always great to talk to. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Basketball fans know that things can be a little crazy this time of the year. Anything can happen. Last-minute buzzer beaters, gaps in health coverage. But when the last one happens, you need Affleck to help you bounce back from the expenses health insurance doesn't cover. You may have seen the Affleck duck working with some pretty famous coaches. But did you know Affleck is a leader in supplemental insurance? Look, health insurance wasn't designed to cover everything. So when an illness or injury happens, you can be hit with medical bills that some people don't have the cash on hand to pay. That's where Affleck comes in to help. When you're sick or injured, bills can rack up fast. Affleck pays cash that can be put towards medical expenses like co-pays or even non-medical expenses like groceries or rent. It's never a good idea to try to play through an injury or illness, and that's why you got to level up your defense. When there's gaps in health coverage, Affleck has the assist for you. Get help with expenses health insurance doesn't cover. Visit Affleck.com to learn more. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Got some quick math for you. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, and delivering your product or service, the more margin you have, the more money you keep, right? That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, borrowing, everything else costs more. So let's reduce that. The headaches, the cost, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system that brings accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and brings it onto one platform. One source of truth. So you're only paying for that. It reduces IT costs because NetSuite lives in the clouds. No hardware required. Accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash Patrick right now and save NetSuite.com slash Patrick. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. 
You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, turns out, nope, I was wrong. Because hmm. then I tried right brand bacon, and honestly, I was speechless. And you know it takes a lot to get me speechless, Polly. But it was mind-blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life, like it's his job, and I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one, thick-cut, flip-your-whole-world-upside-down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. Get upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. I mentioned we're a Danette down. That's up for debate. McLovin is uh, not with us today. He's in Philadelphia. He's on the uh, movie set. Adam Sandler has a new movie. It's a basketball movie. Plays a scout for the Philadelphia 76ers, and he's looking for this star in Europe, and he's kind of trying to salvage his career. And uh, I already shot my scene with uh, Sandler. That was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, McLovin. Or, uh, Paulie? Is McLovin playing like the uh, the white power forward for the opposing team? What is he? What's his role? No, no, he's a reporter. Reporter. Yeah, yeah. Both are stretch, but uh, <laughs> McLovin joins us now. All right. What role do you play? You're a, re- a beat reporter? Well, I actually am not totally sure. I'm either a print reporter or an on-camera reporter. because It's a bit of a gaggle, okay. a reporter gaggle. How many reporters are in the scene with you? Uh, multiple. Okay. I, it just said multiple. Ha- so, have, you, have you met with the director? Have you met with Sandler? I haven't met with anybody. Okay. I'm stuck in my hotel room. I asked if I could show up on set at 7 a.m. because I wanted to you know, knock it out. And they keep pushing it back a little bit. Yeah, it so I'm in my hotel room. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. All right. Do you want to rehearse your line? Yes. Okay. Now, I have to change the line so I don't give away any plot. There, no, 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 no. no. There's no plot to give away. <laughs> it's, it's Not a, this one. This is like the Da Vinci movie. Code. No, this is like... No. Yeah. No. All right. So I changed the line a little. Okay. Um, uh, I, I'm going to honor Paul Crew from The Longest Yard, which also co-starred you. The line is, Coach Crew, how do you feel about getting into the championship? Okay. So I'm going to be a reporter. Okay. So I'm Coach Crew. You're Coach Crew. Okay. Coach Crew, how do you feel about getting into the championship? Mm. Let me do it again. Coach Crew, how do you feel about getting into the championship? Todd, what do you think? It sounds a little like he's reading off a cue card. Okay. Seton? Okay. Yeah, I think it does a couple more times, loosens up a little bit, and just, like, you know, go back to your throwback days, Andrew, of uh, being a pool reporter in the locker room, and you got to get a question in. Yeah. Okay, but I think it's going to get worse, not get better, because he's going to go to the set, and now you have Sandler there, a bunch of reporters, it's a big deal, the cameras are rolling, and you're going to tighten up a little bit. Yeah. So how do I loosen up? You can't hear each word you say. Because you don't speak that way. Just do it in a way that you would normally speak, where you say, Coach Crew, how do you feel about getting in the championship? Not, Coach Crew, how do you feel about getting in the championship? It's almost like you're enunciating every word, think about every word. Yeah, yeah. Here's the, one of the problems. You're really good 
and I'm not. So that's going to be a little bit of a, they, you know, they have an expectation. I watched you film your lines the other day and I was like, oh my God, Dan's a natural at this. Me, not so much. And back when I did have to be a pool reporter, I was terrible. I could barely get the words out. I was so nervous. Like I had to interview Pat Riley once and no air got through my system because <laughs> he was so intimidated. But I have a gift for the director who's a Philly fan. Okay. Okay. Well, show and tell with McLovin. So this is on camera. This is a ball that I got in 1984 at a 76ers fan event, and it is signed by the entire 84 76ers, including Dr. J, Julius Irving. Wow. Why, wait, Mo why are you G giving this up? Well, I don't know if I'm going to give it up, but I'm going to show up on set and show Sandman and the director to sort of ingratiate myself. Mm. Like, you know, like, oh, I'm like, I'm part of the spirit of it. Because there's a lot of 76ers in the movie. It's like a kind of a 76ers movie. Who is, is anybody else in your scene other than Sandler and a bunch of reporters? Well, the player, uh, uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, yeah. is in the scene. Okay. Uh, and another reporter, a Philadelphia reporter named Anthony Gargano. Okay. Uh, Longtime reporter. And that's about it. There's no, uh, you know, in the, in the movie, there's all sorts of NBA all-stars. And I was all psyched to meet all of them. And they're, they're not. Not going to be on set. No. Yeah. No. And I think uh, LeBron's company is involved with Sandler in yeah. this movie. Yeah, I mean, I expected to meet LeBron. That's not happening yeah, either. No. I don't think so. No, yeah, not. Uh, in fact, I don't even know if Sandman's going to show up. He might just sort of have a body double for my scene because I don't really talk to him. So, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I actually, the less famous people, the better, because as you noted, I am really nervous. Yes, Paulie. Dan, any chance uh, McLovin would be better if he uh, got some props, maybe like a, a hand recorder or a, a notepad and pen and. Or maybe even took his glasses off so he wasn't so McLovin. He was a new mm, character. Mm, mm. I do have an old tape recorder that I don't have any batteries in uh, and a reporter's notebook. I, I actually prepared all that. I went to uh, went to the drugstore just last night. So I, I do have props, but I don't know what they're going to do because you get to set and everything changes, right? Yeah, and I wouldn't be uh, adverse to requesting a mustache because – Sandler yeah. was always putting a mustache on me because he thought it was funny. But, you know, you might do that. Then it, then you may get into a character as opposed to thinking that you're Andrew McLovin Perloff Jr. The third. But I did. I had a mustache when we shot when I was the boom operator. I don't want to be typecast as the mustache guy. Yeah, that didn't Sandler go movie. well when we were in the prison. No, but actually what the what I had that was Todd was so bad that it helped everyone, all the other day, and that's look good. So I need a Todd because now I'm the Todd. <laughs> well, good luck. We're all counting on you. We we hope you do well. But I just want to make sure you don't listen to every word you say. Because when we were filming something and I said, McLevin, you don't have to say anything, just walk, you yeah. couldn't walk because you were thinking about walking on camera. Let me try the line one more time. Okay, all right. Coach Crew, how do you feel about getting into the championship? No, no, no. Uh, no, 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 no. Coach Crew, how do you feel about getting into the championship? It's a little better. Coach Crew, how do you feel about getting into the championship? Hmm. How about Coach? Well... It's actually not the that's a that's a made up line because I didn't want to give away the plot. Oh, we stop. You're okay. not gonna give away the plot. It's Bo Cruz is the name of the character. How do you feel about getting into the championship? Okay. But that's not what actually happens. Okay. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. <laughs> you can't see the wink on radio, can you? 
Keep us posted, McLovin. Dan, I just don't want to ruin your movie career. I promise. No, that no, is no. my only goal. No, you, you can't. If I haven't done it after, what, 22 <laughs> films with Sandler, you're not going to do it. All right. Thanks, Dan. All right. That's McLovin. Live from Philadelphia on the Adam Sandler movie set. Yes, Tom. I think they got to consider. He's got to consider going with a contraction. Like, how's it feel? Like he was trying to encourage him to talk like he would normally talk. When you go, how do you feel? As opposed to how's it feel, would sound like more like he would actually say it that way. If Todd is giving advice, <laughs> I know you agree with what I'm saying, though. That that's part of what, the hearing of every word. How do you feel? That's yeah. pretty good advice, though. <clears throat> That is, that's pretty good. How's it feel to play in the championship rather than how do you feel playing in the championship game? That's pretty good. How do you feel playing in the big game? Yeah. That's how it's going to come out with McLevin. I already know it. He he kept asking me to rehearse on Friday before he left for Philadelphia. <laughs> you guys go in the back room? Yeah, no, I'm getting ready to leave. And he goes, hey, hey, could, 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 could we rehearse my line? And I said, you know, the, the day's done, man. And he goes, no, 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 let me just do it. So we're out in the kitchen and he's giving me his line i go okay he goes let me do it again and then i go and after like four tries i said mclovin you're on your own good luck i got you in the movie now it's up to you i'm distancing myself from this project right now (laughs) all right some phone calls here best and worst of the weekend let me start with uh ciaran if i got that right in florida it's Kieran, Dan. It's very close. Very old Irish name. Oh, okay. Very old Irish name. All right. Yeah, I'm actually heading there tomorrow. Flying over there for a week tomorrow to see family. Oh, awesome. Man, I was... Yeah. Anyway, 6-1, a smooth, suave, and a swell 240. Man, I was going to do... We could do best and worst in McLovin audition tape there. Holy moly. Um, anyway, best and worst. Saturday, had some great games. Gators pushed Bama to the end. My Giants were off, which was great. But it was really good seeing Lamar last night. It was really, really, really great seeing him take uh, take KC. Um, so that was that was the best. Worst. I'm not going to talk about the taunting penalties. I'm not going to talk about the charges getting hosed by the refs. Dan, that Rolling Stone list has been stuck in my head all damn weekend. I cannot get it out. I'm looking through <laughs> okay. it. I spent maybe two hours yesterday. I'm like, how is born to run number 27? This is nuts. You got to back uh, away I, from it, Kieran, and safe travels there to uh, Ireland. I, it was brought up to me over the weekend, the Rolling Stone top 500 songs. And then I found that my kids were mocking me like, uh, hey, did you know this song was number? And I go, stop. Don't even do it. We're, I don't I don't care. It, it's OK. I, mean, I, I I'm not invested in this. Yes. Paul. You should have gone back at your kids and said, I'm going to start ranking you from one to five. Oh, I like have. <laughs> I have. I've done that. <laughs> to yeah. their faces. Yes. Yes. My kids always want to know, hey, uh, who's who's your favorite? But it changes. All I know is my mom did this with my brothers and I and ranked my youngest brother, Dave, ahead of all of us. And she even said, I go, seriously? She goes, yes. And I go, wow. Did he have a good year or was it like permanent ranking? Permanent. Yeah, Dave's number one. And I went, you got to be kidding me. And I said, Dave doesn't put you on his radio show. Well... And then I'd go, oh, God, would you give me that well? But she gave me an honest, and we joked. We are like, oh, which one of us you uh, you love the most? And she go, well, I would say Dave. And I go, holy bleep. Yeah, yes. He's pretty great, though, isn't it, he? It is. Dave's pretty great. He is yeah. great. But And, and I, I can't argue with that. I can only <laughs> argue that she actually told us that she ranks Dave number one. <laughs> God rest her soul. She was honest. Too honest. I'm over it. 
I am over it. I think you're so great, Dave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you're so great. Yeah. Yeah, Dave, you a Hall of Famer? <laughs> huh? Hmm? Hmm? Uh, update the poll results from the first hour, Pauling. Which 2-0 team won't make the playoffs? Broncos, 40%. Ooh. And then the Panthers, Raiders, nobody voted for the 49ers. Okay. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences, low it with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Let's uh, bring in Albert Breer. I got a lot of questions. I don't know if Albert, now Albert's really good, but I don't know if he's got answers to this. The senior NFL reporter and uh, lead content strategist for the Monday Morning Quarterback, Let me start with Deshaun Watson. Where do we stand with Deshaun Watson, given that the Texans are now on their backup quarterback, Davis Mills? If Mills had gotten hurt, Albert, who comes in to play quarterback for the Texans? Well, you know, what's interesting, um, Dan, is that, you know, I talked to David Culley about this last week, and he basically said that, like, he's in a good place with Deshaun, and they sort of have an understanding on the way things are going to go going forward. And, um, every indication that you get. Now, he didn't give me specifics on what their agreement is, but, you know, it does certainly seem like the idea is that he's basically not going to be playing this year and he'll be in the building, but um, he's not going to be around the team very much and he's not going to be part of the day-to-day process of getting ready to play. And so, like, I don't even know if he'd be ready to play on Thursday. So my guess would be, um, you know, I haven't looked at their practice squad, but my guess would be either they pull somebody up from the practice squad or they get somebody off the street to come in. And again, like, you know, I think that as awkward as this is, Dan, um, you know, I think for both sides, it's just about preserving value at this time, at this point, you know, where, um, you know, the, I mean, the Texans want to preserve Deshaun Watson's trade value. That's the reason he's still on the team. And I think for, for Watson, it's, you know, and I, it, it's a matter of sort of protecting yourself in this situation. Okay. But it, there's an agreement. It feels like without. Yeah. So the NFL doesn't want him on the field. I'm guessing the Texans want to preserve his right, uh, you know, or his trade right. Mm-hmm. And then Watson probably like, you want to pay me $10 million to not play then great. Yeah. So it's right. Is that what's going on here? Like it's, like I mean, for the most agreement? part, yeah. Here, yeah. So, so I mean, like, really, if you want the crux of why he's still on the roster and they're in this situation to begin with, it's because Nick Casario is not taking less. He's not going to take fifty cents on the dollar, and like until somebody steps up and offers the Texans what they would have been able to get in January or February or March, I don't think they're moving him. And you know, I think it's. I mean, look, Nick knows this is his Herschel Walker, right? Like, and when it comes to building the franchise out, this is the most valuable piece of capital. I'm not, you know, like I hate to refer to a player that way, but that's what it is. Like in this situation, it's the most valuable piece of capital that he has in the building um, to, to build the roster back up. And even if he were to trade him now, like when's he using those picks? 
not till April anyway, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> so like, why would you take less now when there could be clarity three, four, five months down the line and you get a whole lot more form, especially when you know you're in a year when you're rebuilding to begin with. So yeah, I think once Deshaun and, the, and, and, and Cully um, came to kind of a comfort level with where they are, you know, as, as again, as awkward as this has been for the last six months, um, you know, I think that there's sort of an agreement there that the Texans really just aren't going to move them right now. And until somebody, whether it's the Dolphins, the Panthers, the Broncos, the Eagles, any of the top teams that we've talked about steps up and makes the sort of offer form that they would have been able to get before the 22 lawsuits were filed, he's not going to be moved. And, you know, I know that's not preferable for, for Deshaun right now, but um, you know, I do think that at the very least, um, you know, where this was really sideways two or three months ago, I think David Culley's done a nice job of at least managing it where it's not affecting his team on a day-to-day -day basis. Can you explain the Cowboys clock management yesterday in LA? <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting. I talked to Greg Zerline, Zerline after the game and, um, you know, I asked him, I, I said, hey, like, did you feel comfortable kicking from 56? He said, like, yeah, I'll do what the coaches asked me to. He said, well, did you talk to Mike McCarthy or, or John Fossil, their special teams coach, um, either before the game at the half, like when, when you guys got the ball back about like how far you were good from. And he said, no, he said, I just, I go out there and the way that we've already done it, we've always done it. And the special teams coach was with him with the Rams for a lot of years. He said, like, they have confidence in me. They know how far I'm good from and, and, and we're good. And so like, that was the funny thing about it was like Zerline literally like, told me he was literally standing there a lot like, as the clock was ticking down 30, 20, 10, <laughs> like literally was like, okay, I guess I'm going out there now, you know? And so it was a weird circumstance, but I, I do know like the fact that, you know, he nailed a 48 yarder the week before I'm um, a big one again in Tampa, um, you know, down the stretch of that game sort of played into the decision-making and obviously fossil having all of that background with Sirline did too. So I just thought it was funny that, you know, cause I, you, you see some teams like all the Belichick teams, right? It's like before the game, it's like a science figuring out how far your kicker is good from and McCarthy and, and fossil just sort of let this ride. And, um, you know, I, in, in a funny sort of way, Zerline told me kind of instilled some confidence in him that he knew that they had those, that sort of confidence, I mean, his ability to get the job done. Well, also the game was tied. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing. Yep. Worst case scenarios, you know, you go into overtime. overtime. Uh, Trey Lance did not play. Mm -hmm. Was that by design? I think it was a close game, um, you know, and, and I think more competitive than some people thought it would be. I also think that the opponent's always going to play into this, Dan. And um, part of it with the Eagles, there's not a lot of, you know, there's not like a, really a book written on that coaching staff right now. And so not only do you have a new head coach in Nick Sirianni, you got a new defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, who'd only coached one game. And he's got one of the best defensive lines in football is aging a little bit. And I know Brandon Graham got hurt in game yesterday, but I mean, that's still one of the best defensive lines in football. And so, you know, I think so much of getting um, Trey Lance in there in spots is about making him comfortable. Right. And like, let's slowly ramp him up. It's actually what the Niners did with Colin Kaepernick all those years ago, playing behind Alex Smith. And so, you know, if you think that it's a disadvantageous situation for the young guy, you're not going to put him out there. And I think it's also a sign 
Um, and I know people don't believe the Niners when they say this, but I think it's a sign that they do have confidence. One healthy Jimmy Garoppolo can get the job done for him. And, um, you know, I know Jimmy feels more comfortable in, in Kyle's offense than he ever has before. And he feels like he's playing his best ball. And so yesterday was just about winning that game. And, um, you know, like that's what Kyle's maintained. Each one of these things is going to be about is, is just winning that game. And they didn't need trade trade to win the game yesterday. And they fe- they felt like maybe the, the spot wasn't a great one for a young guy to get thrown out in. We're talking Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter for the Monday morning quarterback. Were the Jets irresponsible yesterday with Zach Wilson? You know, I have a hard time with this one because, like, I look at the – listen to this number, Dan. All right? Um, and, and this is just kind of comparing and contrasting the two situations. Mac Jones had um, – Mac Jones faced, I think it was 12 third downs yesterday, right? 16 the week before. Okay? That's 28 for the season so far. Only four of those third downs have been third and 10 or longer. Think about that. Only four through two games has he been in third and 10 or longer. So what I saw on one side was the Patriots managed like very carefully managing their quarterback and trying to build confidence in him and saying, you got a good team around you. We've got a good running back behind you. We've got a good defense on the other side. I mean, Max still hasn't played from further down than a single possession and it's, I mean, they're making it easier on him. Whereas the Jets, like, I, it, it just feels like they're they're in this spot now where it's like, all right, kid, go win the game for us. You know what I, know. I mean? Like, and part of it's the place the roster's in and everything else, but so much of that goes into how a young quarterback develops, you know? And so, like, I know what you're saying. You're asking, should they, should they have yanked him, right? Like, should they have pulled him out of the game? And maybe they should have because maybe it wasn't good for him from a confidence standpoint to keep going out there and, th- and, and, and throwing it up the way that he did. Um, you know, but I, I think a lot of it sort of speaks to, you know, maybe a first-year coaching staff. I think they have to learn how to manage the game a little bit differently. And I think they have to learn how to protect their young quarterback and keep him out of those situations where he feels like he's got to go win it. And, um, you know, I think if he is in those sorts of spots enough, he could develop bad habits. So I think they have to be careful with it. The taunting rules are interesting. Interesting or awful? Well, they're awful. (laughs) Yeah. But there's an etiquette to taunting. You have to kind of taunt away from the guy you just beat, basically. Right. It it feels like I, I hate rules that are open to interpretation. It just gets mm-hmm. into that gray area where we as fans go, wait, what are you, what happened? Like, yeah. Or what, why'd you call that? I, was it, was it Jared Cook? The one who I think Jared Cook went up and did the stirring thing, right? Like, was he the one like, I, and I think that that was, that was the touchdown that got overturned, right? Because of the illegal shift yeah. at the end of the Chargers Cowboys game. And I was watching that and Jared Cook's been in the league for 10 years. He's a pro. It's not like some young guy who didn't know how to act. You know what I mean? Like, and he got up, bounced to his feet and gestured that really quickly. And it obviously didn't wind up having an effect on the game because the illegal shift sort of superseded the, um, the taunting foul. But I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, like, I don't know that he knew the other guy was going to be standing right there when he got up and did that. It was just a reaction of emotion. And wasn't that what, like we were trying to green light uh, like a year or two ago when they changed the celebration rules. Right. So if you're a player right now, like how confusing is that? Do you have to like, before you get up and celebrate, do you have to look around and make sure somebody's not there? And then like, and then you think about it and it's like how much judgment goes into this. Well, okay. Like how come that's okay. But 
or that's not okay, but Lamar Jackson somersaulting into the end zone. And I think Lamar was fantastic last night and the, the best story of week two, probably. But like, how is it okay that he's somersaulting in the end zone and Jared Cook's like just bouncing to his feet and doing a small little celebration isn't, you know? I just like, I, I just think that this is like they're, they're opening Pandora's box on this one. Yeah, I know. And if you're a player, it'd be so easy to be confused by this. Because a year ago, they were telling you, go nuts, do whatever you want. We want you to play on emotion. We want you to be happy when you score. We want you to be you know, pumped and celebrate with your teammates when you make a big play. And now they're turning around and say, oh, yeah, but like we're going to draw these imaginary lines around everything that you're allowed to do. What's different about Kyler Murray this year as opposed to last year? You know, I, I had a really interesting conversation with him during training camp, Dan, and um, he basically said flat out to me, I have never lost so much in my life as I did the first two years of my career. And it's interesting because you think about him in high school, he never lost a high school start, won three straight big school state championships in Texas, right? Then he was a spot starter at AM, and I think he might have lost a game or two his freshman year, but he goes to Oklahoma and he wins the Heisman. And I think they lost one game that year. So here's a guy in like, I mean, seven years of football started maybe one game that he lost. And so, um, you know, like just that discussion I had with him was really interesting in that it really aided him. And I think, you know, having talked to Cliff about it yesterday, you know, Cliff made it sound like he really took it to heart. Like he took it personally, like this isn't what's about, this isn't about what's around me. This is about me. Like I'm the quarterback and those losses go on my record. And so this off season, he took more ownership of the offense and, you know, so much of it, I think, you know, and, and Cliff was looking to make the team to, 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 to build some maturity into the team and bringing in guys like AJ green and, and JJ Watt and Rodney Hudson. And like, while all that was going on, like Cliff really noticed Kyler was sort of taking ownership of the entire thing. And so that meant, you know, having his teammates at Texas to throw in, in April and May, and, you know, having another throwing session in Arizona for the guys who couldn't make it there. And, um, you know, I think what you've noticed and what you see now is a guy who's more comfortable out there playing within Cliff's offense and understanding what he can and can't do in the NFL, but also a guy who's so competitive and had, I, I think, lost, who, who wasn't happy with the results of his first couple of years in the league and really kind of took responsibility for the losing in Arizona, even if he wasn't personally responsible for all of it. Great to catch up with you as always. Uh, thanks for joining us, Albert. Great. Thanks, Dan. Have a good one. That's Albert Breer. You can read the Monday morning quarterback. It's online. Senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Basketball fans know that things can be a little crazy this time of the year. Anything can happen. Last-minute buzzer beaters, gaps in health coverage. But when the last one happens, you need Affleck to help you bounce back from the expenses health insurance doesn't cover. You may have seen the Affleck duck working with some pretty famous coaches. But did you know Affleck is a leader in supplemental insurance? Look, Health insurance wasn't designed to cover everything. So when an illness or injury happens, you can be hit with medical bills that some people don't have the cash on hand to pay. That's where Affleck comes in to help. When you're sick or injured, bills can rack up fast. Affleck pays cash 
that can be put towards medical expenses like co-pays or even non-medical expenses like groceries or rent. It's never a good idea to try to play through an injury or illness, and that's why you got to level up your defense. When there's gaps in health coverage, Affleck has the assist for you. Get help with expenses health insurance doesn't cover. Visit Affleck.com to learn more. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I I think I would. I I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, Turns out, nope. I was wrong because then I tried right brand bacon and honestly, I was speechless. And you know it takes a lot to get me speechless, Paulie, but it was mind-blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life like it's his job and I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one thick cut, flip your whole world upside down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. We were just talking about spring training, playing baseball, going to baseball games, playing softball. And I just brought back that taste when you're there at a spring training game and you get to have a Miller Lite. It's a warm afternoon, Scottsdale, Arizona. Beer here! Paulie used to be a beer vendor. I was a beer vendor at Scottsdale Stadium and I slung Miller Lite. So I was just throwing them out there. Okay. Not literally. Okay. But just that cold, refreshing taste. The crack? Yes. Not the crack of the bat. Which is better, crack of the bat's crack of the beer? I'd crack of the beer. Absolutely. Miller Lite. It tastes like beer. How about that? That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And you should, too. They've been doing this since 1975. The original light beer. Everybody else is just trying to imitate them. Less filling, only 96 calories. Times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller time. Miller Lite. Get it delivered to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. I had uh, research go back and see if we've had two pick sixes by the same guy in less than four minutes. Miami's Mike Kozlowski versus the Jets in 1983. He returned two touchdowns, two pick sixes in a span of 61 seconds. 61 seconds. Two touchdowns. Carson Palmer joining us now. Uh, Have you ever had multiple pick sixes in a game? 
Morning, Dan. Um, first of all, first off, six five two thirty eight <laughs> as of this morning. But I don't think I've had two. I know I've thrown one uh, a handful of times in games, but two two makes you want to go crawl up underneath that injury tent on the sideline and hide. What's it like though when when you throw it? And you want to make the tackle, but you you probably know you shouldn't make the tackle. But what's that mentality when you throw an interception? Got to make the tackle. I mean, it 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 hurts when you throw a a, a pick. Obviously, for your own fan base and and as a player and as a quarterback, you're worried about your teammates. You're worried about letting your team down. You're worried about defensively statistics. You know those guys on on the other side of the ball. Uh, in your own locker room, don't want to give up points, and those points go on the, the defensive side of the ball and the defensive head, uh, the defensive coordinator stats. So, as the quarterback, you just feel bad that you let your team down, and you got to make that tackle and make up for the bad play you made. Can you help me understand the taunting rule? That I don't know where it came from, like who complained about it, but it's a big deal in trying to understand these taunting penalties now. Of what is celebration and what is taunting. Yeah, I mean, it, it's when the league decides to to start a new rule and enforce a new rule, like you know, a defenseless receiver or leading with the crown of the helmet or hitting a quarterback low, they come with a vengeance and they come with force. And as fans and and as players, you know, they end up they end up most likely averaging themselves out. As frustrated as you get when you have a big third down sack and your defense is going off the field and that flag comes out. You know, it, it hurts when you think it's a bad call if it's a late hit on the quarterback or, or a personal foul. But they end up, as the season continues to go on, typically averaging out, and some of those calls end up going your way and you're not as mad then. But did you ever have one of those moments where somebody taunted you or you – like what is over the line in taunting in your opinion? Well, from the league stance now, you can't even really look at a player after you make a good play and in his direction, say anything or spin the football or, um, you know, you just can't do anything. And it's the same thing that we would go through in, in the team meeting rooms after games when coach would put up the, the personal fouls or whatever it was from the week before. Everybody gets pissed that they threw a flag and it could have lost the game or it could have changed the game. But, you know, at, at this point, as a defender or an offensive player, when you make a great play, you just need to look up in the stands and taunt the stands because as soon as you turn to another player, that flag's coming out the rest of the season. Okay, explain this to me. Lamar Jackson has a touchdown where he does a somersault into the end zone. Now, he's not taunting anybody, but it feels like he's taunting everybody on that defense by doing a somersault, Carson. I think if he would have gotten done with a somersault, jumped up and spun the football in a defender's face or said something to a defender, they might have thrown it, but... Like I said, I mean, it, when, when the league decides to make a change and the league comes up with a new rule, you need to just ride that wave. Some of them are going to go for you. Some of them are going to go against you. Lamar Jackson, I, I wondered if Baltimore would just go empty backfield and let him stand back there and either add another lineman or another wide receiver. But how difficult would that be to try to stop him? Or maybe I should ask, how difficult would that be for Baltimore to have that kind of philosophy on offense? Well, the problem, the, the reason they can't is because they have 15 more games and, and they need they need Lamar to stay healthy. And I mean, I love watching that guy play. He's one of the most exciting players in, in the league right now outside of Kyler Murray, in my opinion. But you got 15 more games of Lamar. You got to keep him healthy. There's so much he wants to do with the football. He wants to put a shoulder in defenders. He wants to run guys over. But again, you got a lot of football left and they need him on the field. If, if he's not on the field, they're a completely different team. 
But do you want exciting? You know, Kyler Murray is exciting. Lamar Jackson's exciting. Um, Mac Jones is not exciting. You know, there's certain guys by design. Um, exciting always feels like you're right. You're teetering on the edge of something could be unbelievable, but it could be unbelievably bad as well. Yeah, and and when you think about the best to ever play, Brady's as unexciting as it gets, and he's got a whole fistful of, of Super Bowl rings. So exciting sells tickets, exciting gets you Monday night football games if you're an owner. But at the end of the day, consistency is what you want. And, um, you know, Brady's been really, a, you know, the uh, the epitome of that. It's not super fun to watch. I'd much rather sit around and, you know, watch a Kyler Murray run around and make plays. But at the end of the day, Brady gets it done time and time again. But as a quarterback, when you would look at game film did, for the upcoming opponent, did you ever look at the opposing quarterback and help your defense in any way? Like, could you see things that could help your defense? Would that, that ever be part of your role? No. I mean, at, at the NFL level, the defensive coaches are so good. They're seeing what probably the, your own quarterback is seeing. So, you know, when, when you start studying for a Sunday game on Monday or Sunday night, you're so focused on what you're doing on offense and so focused about the game plan and the formations and all the adjustments you have at the line of scrimmage. You don't have the capacity or the bandwidth to study also the opposing team's quarterback. So, you know, quarterbacks are worried about themselves and, and, and perfecting their game as much as they can. We're talking to Carson Palmer, Heisman Trophy winner, of course, uh, spent 15 years in the NFL. You were part of uh, Hard Knocks, weren't you? Was that 2015? Uh, no, I, I did hard knocks probably in like 2008, 09, 10. And then we did, uh, the Amazon series in 2015, but did all or nothing. Did they spend a week with you on just watching how you prep for a game? Uh, I did that with Peter King. Peter King did a, a deal where he came and stayed with me in Arizona and, and kind of walked him through what it's like to play quarterback in the NFL. Wait, he stayed in your house in Arizona? <laughs> No, he, oh, he was okay. in Arizona for the week. He came over to my house at night when I was studying and would just kind of, it was really awkward. I was sitting in my office at night. My kids were asleep. My wife was in bed and I was over in the office, you know, sitting there studying and I would kind of look out of the corner of my eye and Peter was sitting on the couch, just watching. Me. It was really kind of eerie, but no, that's hey, called creepy. That's why person. he's the best of the best. I mean, he, he, uh, he's willing to, you know, to, to sneak into somebody's house at, you know, 11 o'clock at night and watch him study. And then he was there first thing in the morning, jumped in my truck and rode to work with me. Okay. But what would I see if I watched you study prep for an opponent? Uh, I think everybody's different. I know some guys like to kind of sit back, you know, on, on a couch and take notes. I always had to be sitting at my desk and I, I had a, my computer connected to a TV on the wall and, and I had my notebook out. Um, it's just hours and hours and hours. It, it, everybody does a little bit different. I would start and just draw up every possible blitz that team had run in the last four or five weeks and then go through all the protections we were using that week and make sure all the protections matched up and find the ones that don't match up where, where you don't have a way to pick up a, a specific blitz on defense and figure out how I was going to get into the game and adjust that. So, I mean, it's just it, every guy's different. Everybody has a different routine, but a lot of it sits – um, sits at a desk with a computer and a TV and a notebook drawing and, and taking mental notes and, and jotting down notes. How often would you design a play? Never. Well, now I do all the time. I'm coaching seventh grade football <laughs> in Idaho, so I'm coming up with all kinds of stuff now. But I, I played for some great ones. I mean, Bruce Arians and, and on down the list. And 
if I ever tried to walk into Bruce's offense and show him a play I would run, you would hear so many MFs get out of my office. That's my job. What are you doing? So I, I knew, uh, I knew my role. I stayed in my lane and I just tried to execute the plays that the coaches drew up. How can you explain Jameis Winston that he giveth and taketh away that, that desire to maybe not have that, whatever it is that says, throw it away. Like gunslinger. Brett Favre could do it, but he also threw 300 interceptions in his career. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is obviously a huge year for Jameis. Um, you know, he's had some greatness like in week one with the five touchdowns. And, and um, we've seen some greatness of, you know, from a handful of years he was in in Tampa. But, um, you know, when it consistently shows up in different offenses, when you got different jersey on a different helmet at some point, you know, you're running out of, you're running out of runway. If it continues to go, I would, I would, uh, I mean, they're only one and one, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw, you know, a little bit more of the dual threat there in New Orleans right now with both quarterbacks getting more and more action with some of the decisions that he's been making as of lately. If USC asked your opinion for the next head coach, I, you know, I don't have one guy on the top of my list. I, I think there's a lot of really good candidates. I, I just like that we've got pole position. You know, we we fired our coach first, so we're starting the process right now. And there's been years where, you know, you see a team that waited a little too long, fired a coach, and that coach would actually have rather gone to that place, that university or that that organization, but they had to take a job because somebody fired somebody earlier and they started that recruiting process, the next head coach. So. You know, I, I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know that Mike Bowen knows who it's going to be just yet. I just like that we're the first ones out the gate. Every coach out there knows that our job is open. I would think it's an attractive job for every other college coach and just, you know, most NFL guys. So we've got pull position. We've got an opportunity to hire the best of the best when, uh, when these guys come available. That atmosphere at Penn State this weekend against Auburn, that whiteout was unbelievable. The, the toughest – environment you ever played in was where man um i loved going to baltimore watching that game last night uh kansas city and baltimore last night there's something special about baltimore but what that, about college did you have college well I, I went to florida state as as a freshman and the peter warwick chris winkie national championship year and we got absolutely <laughs> drummed but that place rocks when when florida state is good yeah. there isn't a whole lot going on in tallahassee everything that's happening in tallahassee is in doke walker stadium and and being in in that environment you know with with the chant where the whole oh <laughs> it, it is really really special and unique do you understand now that when we watch a game we think it looks easy at times because of the angle of the tv you know the cameras when like you watch it now and you're going, God, that guy's wide open. How could he miss him? But when you were playing, you probably thought, you guys don't understand what it's like to, to play quarterback. You know, the crowd noise and there's blitzing. And this is why fans think, God, how did you miss that throw? It looks easy. I know. What an idiot. That guy was <laughs> wide open. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's what makes this game so great is everybody can be a coach. Everybody can be a Monday morning quarterback. Everybody thinks could have, should have, would have done this, done that. Um, and and to be honest, there was multiple times I'm watching film on Monday. I'm like, man, I can't believe I missed that easy throw. And Man, I can't believe I he caught that or I, I squeezed that in that window. 
Um, but that's why being a, a college fan and NFL, NFL fan is so great right now is we all get to have an opinion. We can go on Twitter. We can blow somebody up. We can go to Instagram, all that. Uh, Belichick was asked about if Brady thought he, Brady could play till he's 50. You know, Tom has talked about that. I, I don't know if he's serious about it, but Belichick in, an, in his Belichickian way said, well, if anybody can do it, it's Tom. Could you be 50 years of age and play that position? That's so old. It's so, so old. You know, I, I thought 44 was, un, you know, unachievable, but I, I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, it just comes down to at some point. I know I know myself, you know, I, I've got 12 year old, my, my oldest are 12. And, and uh, at some point, man, you, you I, I missed the first practice. I missed their first game. I missed an entire their entire soccer season or football season or whatever it is. At some point, your kids really start to grow up. You know, it's different when they're three, four, five years old. But when your kids go, are going into their teenagers and you're not going to practices and you can't take them to school and you start missing out on some of that, you know, I, I think that's probably on his radar right now. And six more years is just six more years of, of missed opportunities because as we all know as parents, the kids are gone fast. They're out of your house fast and they're off to college or whatever's next. So at some point, you know, I think Brady's going to have to make that decision. It's going to be more of a family decision and less of a, you know, can my body do this? Can my arm still have that same zip and that same uh, velocity on the football? I think it comes down to him more of, you know, I want to be around my kids before they head off to college. Yeah, he could always do what I did and just, you know, basically not see them for a few years when I did second shift at ESPN. It worked out well for me. I don't know how my kids are, but, you know, maybe that's the best thing to do. I got to do that and didn't have any guilt there, Carson. Exactly. Yeah, but, you know, now you're, you're a grown-up, you know, you're a parent, coach, you're doing it all, all the right reasons there. Hey, it's great to talk to you again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dan. Have a great day. That's Carson Palmer. Weekly appearance in the NFL season brought to you by our partner, Level Select CBD. Looking for next relief? Visit LevelSelectCBD.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive non-stop vacation flights. 
Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.